Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E.
little later in the program, we will join the Bay Area Crusade meeting, which is now in progress, in the huge Oakland Auditorium Arena, from where you will hear my father and mother. But now I want all you good folks that are gathered here in Long Beach, and my, there's a wonderful crowd that's gathered, some one-third to one-half of which are first-timers. I want you all now to stand and get a big, deep breath of Long Beach air and sing to the folks in Radio Land, and in particular to the folks up in Oakland, Heavenly Sunshine. And as you sing it the first time, turn around and shake hands with everyone. Now, once again, this way, right into the microphone. wonderful you may be seated today as you listen to this broadcast won't you consider for a moment what it means to you and what it must mean to others to the discouraged and the downcast this gospel ministry with its message of hope and salvation is sorely needed throughout the world today wherever Christian principles are being challenged for our only salvation is in Jesus Christ we would be so happy to have you join us in this ministry of sending out God's word
I know that you are anxious to hear from my father in Oakland, so let us join them now. This is Charles E. Fuller speaking from the Oakland Civic Auditorium or Arena. A wonderful group gathered here today, and I just want to say a word of appreciation to you, Dan, and to the chorus choir, and to the quartet, and to Rudy and George, and for that splendid number, Heavenly Sunshine, that you just sung down there a little while ago. We're going to have to go some to get ahead of Long Beach, so let's all stand and sing Heavenly Sunshine. And... My, I wish you could be with us today and see the crowd here. In spite of the parades and everything, we've got a wonderful crowd. And as you sing through the first time, turn around and shake hands with as many as possible. Now lift it right up on heavenly sunshine. it into the microphone all together. songbooks to number 11 and sing two verses of blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Go right ahead with the music. Mrs. Fuller and I are so happy to be here with Merv Roselle and his party. Always glad to fellowship with this young man that's standing so true to the word of God and one of the leading and not the leading revivalists in America today. And Hal Halverson is going to lead the music. All right, Hal. Number 11, Fanny Crosby's wonderful song. Every voice now. Blessed lift our voices with the millions around the world of our friends of the old-fashioned revival hour. Let it really come out of your heart now, friends. Everyone, the last verse, sing it. Oh, 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 oh,
standing for just a few moments, I'm going to ask Brother Rosell to lead us in a word of prayer, but before he does, to say a few words regarding the meeting here at Oakland. I want to say just this. The platform filled with preachers representing the Bay Area Crusade and the auditorium filled with thousands of people welcome Dr. and Mrs. Fuller to this lovely city in the mid-area of the great west coast. Dan, God's blessing upon you and the entire crew down in Long Beach. Now shall we pray together, every head bowed, every heart bowed. How many have an unspoken prayer request? Let me see your hands over the vast auditorium. Yes, thousands of people. How many believe that God can answer prayer and do a miracle? Let me see your hands. Yes. We want nothing less than a miracle in Oakland and in the Bay Area Crusade. We know that unless it is a miracle, it is not a revival. So pray with us for that revival God will send from this opening day on to feel the Holy Spirit's power surging through our hearts as we move forward for God. Shall we pray? Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come in Thy Son's precious name and through His blood, and by the atonement of the cross, we pray with boldness and earnestness of heart that Thou wilt first of all bless the millions tuned to this radio cast, and may the old-fashioned revival hour which laid a foundation for these days of great reaping, these days of great gleaning across the world, May this old-fashioned revival hour ever and abundantly be blessed by thy hand. Provide the needs financially. More than that, provide the needs physically for the leaders who carry on. And our venerable and able preacher provide for his heart's strength and for his own soul faith as he's never known it before. Father, upon the listeners and answer for their prayers, upon the many gathered the thousands here, and upon the pastors who have provided a Bay Area crusade, thy richest, deepest, highest, holiest of blessings, and upon the one who's forgotten, the man in the service, maybe not fighting, but sitting on the coasts of Africa in this wonderful hour, listening to the old-fashioned revival hour halfway around the world. May he know we have not forgotten him, and we in America are praying for an equitable peace for some kind of justice in these hours. Hear us as we pray, and for this broadcast, thy blessing in Jesus' holy name. And all the people said, Amen. Thank you very much. Be seated. And now, at this time, I'm very happy to introduce my helpmate of many, many years. And, honey, are you ready? Go right ahead with the letters. Mrs. Fuller. Let me say that it just warms our hearts to be here with these wonderful Christian friends. Now for some good letters. A serviceman writes, Dear Reverend and Mrs. Fuller, I am in the Naval Hospital up here in Bremerton and have been listening to your hour twice every Sunday since I have been here. I have been backsliding from the Lord and listening to your program has helped me to get back on the right path again. You just can't imagine how lonesome it is in a hospital. And then to hear your program seems to bring the fellowship of Christians right into the room with me. God bless you and all your workers down there. We fellows up here are praying for you. I am planning on going into the mission field in Alaska, God willing, when I am discharged from the Navy. Your program and the letters particularly show the need of the gospel in the faraway places and has proved a great incentive to go forth for God. 
And then here is a remarkable letter, a good homespun letter from a man brought up from the depths, and he wants the world to know what God has done for him. Listen to this good letter. Dear Fuller family, our God, who is so wonderful to us all, has saved my soul. I was such a terrible drunkard, but God, by his grace, has saved me. I know I found God just in time or I would have died in my sins. I couldn't even hold a bean-picking job. At the last, in fact, I couldn't hold anything. The love of God lifted me up. That was two years ago, the 26th day of last November. I was in jail before that, 18 times for being drunk in that year, 10 months altogether. But some say it is willpower. Well, yes, it was. It's my will. But it was all God's power, because I never had any. I'm now 50 years old, but I feel 20 years younger than I did 10 years ago. So you can see what God has done for me. And now I want to make up a little to our Heavenly Father for giving his only begotten Son to save the world. When he saved me, well, he will save anybody. Doesn't that warm your hearts? This man has probably a greater concept of the wonderful grace of God than many of us, for he has been saved from so much. And that is all I shall have time for today, friends. You are listening to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. Open your Bibles as we rejoin the broadcast. I'll provide additional information after Dr. Fuller's message. Just in a few moments, I'm going to have this splendid chorus choir sing over the radio. I'm so glad to have such a splendid representation here on the platform today. We're so happy to be here in Oakland and fellowship with all of you. How many of you ever listened to the old-fashioned revival? Oh, that's fine. I just wanted to be sure I was among friends before I started preaching. You're listening to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour. This is Charles E. Fuller bidding you welcome. This hour is coming to you from the Municipal Auditorium in Long Beach and the Oakland Auditorium in Oakland, California. And now the chorus choirs will sing Wonderful Grace of God. All right, go right into it.
be fine if you give the course choir a good hand. Everybody, just give them a good hand. All the churches around the Bay Area. Let's stand this great audience here in Oakland and sing number 76. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And send it out. And let everybody know the world around that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. singing and I want you to take the second verse now and lift it up my send it out to the camps to the mining claims to the hospitals to the cars on the road yes to the airplanes in the skies to the trains you'd be surprised of the high class trains that turn on the old fashioned revival hour Sunday after Sunday it goes into cocktail lounges. You'll never know until we get to glory where the gospel has gone by radio. So what an opportunity. Now send it out. Sing the second verse. And when you come, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Just emphasize it and let the devil know that there's power in the blood. Heavenly Father, as we open thy word, may the Holy Spirit take the things of Christ and reveal them unto us. And may the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, have preeminence in all that we do. God bless the efforts here for the next eight or nine days in this territory on the west coast. And unctionize thy servant and all that are with him. And may hundreds and hundreds of precious souls be saved ere the series of meetings close. And now save souls today, for we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to the 32nd chapter of Isaiah, verse 2. Very brief message on our hiding place. And a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind and a covert from the tempest. As rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Isaiah 32, 2. In the book of Isaiah, on every page, one encounters the word fear. 
the people of Isaiah's day, that is, Israel in and about Jerusalem, were fearful, sorely afraid. And as we search through the 66 chapters, we discover the ingredients that brought that fear, which taken together were the causes of, e of Israel's fear and panicky actions. Again and again, as we scan the blessed pages, we are brought to a standstill by the uncanny resemblances between those distant yesterdays and our present perilous times which are before us on a worldwide scope. Fear, heart-rendering fear, gripped the hearts of people in Isaiah's generation. Today, in our so-called enlightened age with the knowledge increasing as it is, as perhaps in no other age in the world's history, listen carefully, men's hearts are failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. And the people of Isaiah's day needed a safe, secure, and hiding place then, today as never before, with its guided missiles of destruction, its rockets, its atomic weapons, its vast hordes of godless, uh, God-hating and anti-Christian hordes on the march. Man is in a desperate need of a safe, secure hiding place. Such a hiding place, God-provided hiding place, is set forth in Isaiah 32, 2. For a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadows of a great rock in a weary land. Briefly, let us review the causes for Israel's fear our fears in Isaiah's time. First of all, how thankful one should be that in the dark hours of distress and fear, when national affairs are in a state of great unrest with a dire threat of enemy invasion, God raises up men, prophets of old, like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Hosea and Joel and many others, and Paul and Peter of the New Testament. Men who are willing to die daily to stand in the gap, men with holy courage to proclaim, to proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ and to send forth the unadulterated word of God and to call people to repentance, to call the wayward back to the path of faith and righteousness and godliness. It's not easy to stand against the hordes of unrighteousness, to stand for the faith once delivered to the saints, in the face of religious persecution and ostracism. In Isaiah's day, one of those mysterious agitations in the East had begun. Such as agitations as all through the ages have let loose upon the West, something like a flood. The great Assyrian power was moving through its great hordes of people. Some men realized that that movement, when it acquired the, its full fury, would roll through Syria, involve Egypt, and eventually Israel and the beloved city of Jerusalem. All would be engulfed, and its awful flood of destructive wars uh, would uh, sweep over the land. Already observers upon the ramparts could see to the north and to the south 
the fierce fires of city, burning by which the terrible and powerful Assyrian power was cleaning its path of advance to conquer all its enemies before them. Times were desperate. To conquer all, listen, the enemy was on its way. The enemy was coming in like a flood. And in such a time, God speaks through his chosen vessel, Isaiah. However impending though the outside forces were, these alone would never have produced the panic which swept over the people in the great, in great waves, inducing them to make terms, humiliating terms, with the invaders to strip the gold from off the temple to buy the invaders off. Isaiah points out that if the national heart is right, the clouds of fear will disappear. The godless hordes of invaders will be put to flight. So Isaiah says to Israel, listen, your heart is anything but right. Your heart condition as a nation is sick, desperately sick. Look, Israel, at the cruel social injustice. Hear the wailing of the poor and the oppressed. Hunger is stalking the land. Sensuality is abroad. Idleness and craftiness on all hands. And listen, of greedy, covetous men are cornering the supply of wheat and inflation is increasing. Furthermore, Isaiah continued, your outward show of worship, your fixed set, though beautiful prayers, your vain repetition of words mean absolutely nothing to Jehovah. You are a people laden with iniquity. You are a seed of evildoers, corruptors. You have forsaken the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and you are provoking daily the Holy One of eternity to anger. You have gone away backward. And Israel, your incense burning is an abomination unto Jehovah. And Jehovah will not hear you or walk or work in your behalf. The invading enemy will spoil you, sack your cities, tear you off into captivity unless, unless, unless you repent, make you clean your ways, put away the evil of your doings, and seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, and flee to the one safe and eternal hiding place God provided. A man shall be a hiding place from the wind and a covert from the tempest as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great walk in a weary land. Now the repetition of Isaiah's days are upon us. Now, perilous times are here. Powerful, godless, Christ-hating forces are on the march. Do you realize that over one billions of people are enslaved by the forces of Antichrist? But even more serious than that, 
the heart condition, the spiritual condition of our people is sick, desperately sick. Covetousness, greediness, craftiness, the form of godliness, powerless and impotent is around about us. There is a departing from the faith, a falling away from the faith. Listen. And increase in that everywhere you turn, men are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Beloved, unless, listen, unless a wave of old-fashioned repentance comes down upon us, then the fiery judgments of God in my humble judgment will descend. For as God, now notice the wording, sent Nebuchadnezzar, my servant, he said, down upon Palestine, God will permit the vast godless hordes of today to overrun the peace-loving nations. And it is high time to awake, to flee to the God-provided hiding place. For a man, shall be a hiding place from the wind and a covert from the tempest as rivers of water in a dry place as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Now notice Isaiah 32 carefully. What a wonderful, beautiful verse. Note briefly, a man, how this looks forward to the man Christ Jesus God manifest in the flesh. For you remember our Lord, though He was rich, yet for our sakes He became poor, that we through His poverty might become rich. Our Lord came down to this earth, virgin born, taking upon Himself the form of sinful flesh, tested in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. And one of the most Precious, comforting passages in God's Word. He can be touched with the feeling of my infirmities. This man, Christ Jesus, is the one and only mediator between God and man. And he alone is the true hiding place from the wind, a covert from the tempest of sin and sin. Notice a hiding place. The Lord Jesus is coming someday. He's coming to execute judgment. And we are told in Thessalonians that He's coming in flaming fire to take vengeance. Notice the wording. He's coming to take vengeance on them that know not the gospel and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, and be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. And I tell you, sinning friend, you need a hiding place. You need an eternal hiding place. Or you may be in the position of those as described in the sixth of Revelation. The Holy Spirit just brings it to my mind. The day is coming. Some men will put away 
the invitation to be saved will try to stand before the wrath of God in their own righteousness. And then they will cry, Lesson. And the kings of earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks and the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? And to you who are outside of Christ, I plead with you today to come to this one hiding place, into the riven side of the man called Christ Jesus. Now notice this hiding place is a place from the wind. This life of ours is very liable to storm. There'll be storms of various degrees of intensity, intensity, times of mental storm, times of doubt, times of disappointment, times of outward trial and trouble. Today, a flourishing business. Tomorrow, a total loss. Today, the flush of health. Tomorrow, through an accident or illness, you begin to decline and soon or later leave this earthly coil. Today the little ones are around you. Your pride and joy. Tomorrow you may wend your way sorrowfully to the cemetery to lay away the earthly tabernacle of one that you love dearly. It'll come sooner or later. In this world we shall have tribulation. Today, all is quiet and calm. Tomorrow, the sudden storms, mysterious tempests from the evil one may sweep over your soul. And I tell you, you need a hiding place. And you need that hiding place, the man Christ Jesus. In the fourth chapter of Mark, it's recorded there at the close of the chapter. It was eventide. And the Lord said unto the disciples, Let's get into the boat and go across the sea to the other side. And they got in the boat and the Lord was tired. It had a heavy day. The humanity of Christ, God manifest in the flesh. And as he got into the boat, he went up probably in the part of the boat and fell asleep. And as the disciples were rowing across the lake, a great tempest of wind swept down upon the little boat. And I think it was Peter, I'm not sure. And he cried out, he says, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And Jesus arose. He spoke peace to the whirling, swirling, tempestuous wind and the waves that are about to engulf the boat. And the Bible says there was great calm. And only in Christ will you have great calm, peace with God. You need this man, Christ Jesus. You need his substitutionary atoning work. You need to hide away in his ribbon side. 
You need to come under the sheltering shed blood. For Christ, God's Son, died for your sins, died in your stead. And he's now risen, the ever-living one, a shelter for all who will come by faith. For him that cometh unto me, he said, I will in no wise cast out. Lest it's appointed unto men once to die, and after that the judgment. And you'll need Christ at the time of death. For he has tasted death for you. And to those that are in Christ, there's a blessed hope. And we can smile even in the face of the last enemy called death. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, he will come, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall arise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall not precede them, but we shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And what a wonderful thing it is to come up to that shadow of death, to that place where you leave your earthly tabernacle and become clothed upon with the house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, and to await the first resurrection, where blessed is he that hath part in that resurrection. But listen, to those outside of Christ, According to John 8, 21, I believe it is, you'll die in your sins and you cannot come where Jesus is. I close with this. Pray with me now that people everywhere may come and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though it shake with swelling thereof. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, our hiding place. Let's bow our heads when you start playing softly, just as I am, without one plea. And while our heads are bowed here in this great auditorium in Oakland today, we're praying for you out in the radio audience across the nation. If you can, just kneel where you are in your home and give your heart to Christ and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Christ's sake. And while our heads are bowed here in this splendid visible audience today, and you at Long Beach, will you give your heart to Christ and come into this hiding place? For him that cometh, God will in no wise cast out. How many, just before I close, will put your hand up and say, Brother Fuller, I need Christ as my personal Savior. Please pray for me. God bless you. Anyone else here on the lower floor? Several putting up your hands. I can't acknowledge all of them. Let's bow in a brief word. 
Our gracious Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, point-bleeding, broken, sin-cursed hearts to Thee today. And may they come by faith, believing on Thee and accepting Thy Son. For as many as receive Him, to those that receive Him, Thou dost give the power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe on His name. And we'll give thee all the glory, for we ask it in Christ's name and for his sake. Continue in prayer. You have been listening to the old-fashioned revival hour from the Oakland Auditorium Arena in Oakland and the Municipal Auditorium in Long Beach, California. This is Charles E. Fuller bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you.